Welcome to Paradox Walk Podcast, specializing in paranormal activity, UFOs, dream realities, glitches in the matrix, anything unexplainable, cryptids, anything that makes you think. It's actually September 1st of 2022, and this, I believe, is episode 9, and I'll be talking about the ideas of time travel in a slightly different way. Hovering airplanes will be talked about, I'm talking like 747 jets that seem to stop in the middle of the air and i don't even mean seem to stop i mean actually stop some go backwards and there's videos of this if i made a compilation myself on my music channel di cello piano the video is called rara avis it's uh it's spelled like r-a-r-a-a-v-i-s and i've gotten some positive feedback on it people seem to like it that's going to be talked about and a person that's claims to have experienced bullet time where everything slows down there's a few stories like that where you one is a car accident where somebody gets hit and they they say it's not just them but the person next to them in the car when it was it got hit at like 90 miles an hour and they said that they both were able to like adjust themselves as the car accident took place like it they said it was like like time stopped almost like it was like super slow and they could they could kind of move around in there and like take care of business in the in the car accident so the first story here comes from a channel and she only has like two videos uh the the channel is called paper druid but she shares this dream i'm gonna cut out a lot of it because for podcast sake so i'll just get right to it quote i do want to share my super cool dream from last night so yeah last night i found myself as i was like a younger version of me so around 11 or 12 and i was in this community this facility with all sorts of other people my age, but also older people as well. And it was like a secret society, and that's all I knew. I just found out I was getting promoted. I was moving up, whatever that meant. Uh, So my boss was, was there, and my boss sent me to the far side of this temple in this building. And I went into a small room with probably like four by six platform kind of looking like a bed, but it wasn't a bed. It was definitely made out of wood, but it was completely white. And so was the room around me now. And I laid down on the platform and I shut my eyes. And when I opened them, I found myself transported to a very alien terrain. There was rocks, very rocky, desert-like, and all the rocks were kind of covered in this orange powdery mist. I walked through this terrain for a little bit and then I come up upon a woman. She was going somewhere. She was definitely on a mission. So I followed her and we came to what happens to be her ship. I walk up and that's when I'm lucid. So I'm going to explain like the drawing because it's kind of weird. So she draws this like dark black, like she later calls it like this basketball size thing. And then around it, like when this thing gets turned on, she it looks like the Israeli flag, like the triangle with another triangle, like an inverted triangle superimposed over a regular triangle or whatever. So that's like the picture she holds up. It's, she calls it like a basketball thing. But when she walked up to this woman, she started to realize she was dreaming. So there were no triggers or anything, but there's this information about this woman in the dream. So I became lucid and she's standing across from me and there's this ship. So then she holds up the picture. And then when I experienced it, but there was this ship here, she called it the flyer. Now, it was no bigger than a basketball. It was like this big and then she holds up her hands like a basketball size and it hovered around the ground and it seemed to be moving like liquid, like a liquid mirror. 
I could see my reflection in it, and it was hovering above the ground now, and yeah, she called it the flyer. I was like, how the heck are we going to get in this thing? It's really small. So she said that we had to go, we were on a mission, and we were headed somewhere. So we both put our hands on it, each on both sides, and then it let out this type of energy, and when the energy was like, and then she makes this noise with her mouth like, um, like a wave, it came out of the top, and it spread out around the flyer and created a force field that protected us. But it was bigger than it looked. I don't know if this was like the engine, like we're on both sides of it. And it completely encompassed us to, to us. And then it just, we blast off through space. Like it was overwhelming. It's hard to describe the sens sensations and the imagery, but it was very, very cool. And we came to a planet. I don't know if it was Earth. I don't know if it was a present or the future or the past, but it was like very cool and we're in this like an ice tundra it was a flat plain and there was a huge ice wall and on the far side of it and below us as we were flying over the top it was like we we're moving through time really really fast and what's happening below us was moving at a slower rate because everything was in slow motion there's this great battle happening with all sorts of different alien races and it was just below us and you're quite up high in the air and then we flew over to the top of the ice wall and we landed the flyer and we got out there's an infinite plane very peculiar about it but it was infinite and i knew i was dreaming but it was very present like baffled and amazed and i asked her what is this place and the woman told me Lacey, that's the, the girl's name that has the YouTube channel, time is not linear. And so I pondered that as I looked over this vast infinite wall of ice and I realized I was kind of, I was kind of starting to wake up and she had this device with her, like coordinates device. And it was like this little like interface that kind of popped up and it had a map or coordinates and, and I knew she was on this great mission. I was, and I was like, okay, I got to think quick before I got to like ask her something before I wake up. <laughs> this is my chance. So I look at her and I go, what's your name? And she's like, my name is Valerie. And we've met before. I, sh I shook her hand like before I woke up. And like I held her hand and we locked eyes and we locked eyes. I saw her face and she was so real. She had piercing blue eyes. She had quite a deep scars on her face and very weathered. She was an older woman. She had blonde hair. It was up in a ponytail. It was just unreal to me why this dream came to me like in this super cool ship and I got to experience that and so she's saying she hopes she has more adventures or something like that but I thought that was pretty wild because the lady was like yeah we're traveling in time time is not linear I heard people say that it's like a like an album like the old-fashioned type albums or like a DVD where you just you can pick your spot or something if you have the right tech so with the time travel stuff remember the movie the first one back to the future and they're trying to catch a bolt of lightning and connect it to the car. And that would get it back. Remember that? So I bring that up because there's a case. Peter Williamson is a disappearance case from 1974. This was in England. And this reminds me of the Back to the Future movie where they have to catch a bolt of lightning to make the car go back in time. Well, forward in time, back to where they came from. So... It started off with his dog being stuck in the rain, but he had a bunch of people at the house, like some sort of party. And it's Peter and his wife. Uh, they were they started a barbecue in the garden, and it was a summer's day, and there uh, a big thunderstorm started coming in with a lot of lightning. I'm just gonna start reading this, and I'll tell you uh, the author of the book. So I'm just kind of it's just a little excerpt. The Williamsons noticed that their dog was cowering under a tree. Spooked, perhaps, by the strange atmosphere, Peter decided to take the animal back indoors, but as he went towards it, there was a huge flash. 
The next moment, to his wife's horror, Peter had vanished. Despite a massive search, there was no sign of the missing man. What the guests said was that they were actually watching him go get the dog when the lightning struck either nearby or him directly, and he just disappeared. You know, his they, they kind of described where he was, and they were like, he, he couldn't, it wasn't something you could just jump over in two seconds. Three days later, Peter was found unconscious in a sh- in a shrubbery, which is like a bush, like bushes, in a locked garden nearby with one foot in a pond. It was as if he arrived there out of nowhere. There was no sign of how he got into the into the area where the gardener who found him because the gardener had the only key. Peter spent several days in the hospital suffering from shock and had no recall of what had taken place. Then Peter began to experience increasingly lucid dreams. He saw himself standing in an unfamiliar garden, soaking wet and wandering along roads, dazed and confused. In his dream, he was found and eventually taken to a hospital. Here, he'd spent some time undergoing tests. He was able to recall the names of the doctor, a sister, like a, like a nun who worked there, various nurses, and the ward, where he was cared for. He also remembered how the hospital would shimmer around him in a sort of haze, and furniture would appear in places where none had previously stood, and then the ward would return to normal. As Peter's condition improved in this dream hospital, he was allowed to go out for a walk around the grounds. Going down a lane outside, Peter began to get a sense of familiarity. Then there was no further recall until he awoke by the pond. The hospital Peter described was traced, and it was a cottage infirmary nearby. It had a ward, it had a doctor, and a sister slash nun, with the names Peter had reported. The doctor did not, so he goes, he actually goes there in real life, and the doctor did not recognize Peter, and the hospital record showed that he never stayed there. It was suggested that he must have invented his dream from fragments of information lurking in his subconscious. I mean, and then they put in parentheses, perhaps a conversation once heard about the hospital. Usually people would remember something like that, but anyway, that's just my two cents. I'm going to continue on quoting this book. Quote, But is that the real explanation? Or during this electrical storm, did Peter shift into a parallel reality? There's a channel, if somebody likes my channel, they're going to love Beyond Creepy as well. And recently, he covered this case, which made me look up this book. And what happens on the Beyond Creepy channel is him, Mr. Black, he's the narrator of Beyond Creepy, finds a secondary person that investigated this case. And there was also some strange things where... Uh, Peter Williamson also borrowed clothes from his hospital roommate and they showed up in his closet in real life. So they tra- they tried to do this like trace analysis on the tags and the clothes and the material and stuff like that. And it just gets, this case is so bizarre that it can't even, just goes in circles and it, it's almost kind of frustrating to look at it too long. But to me, the only the only thing I wanted to emphasize was the lightning. So the book that I read from is called Time Storms by Jenny Randalls. She does more. She has more about this case, but like I said before, it, it, I don't want to spend the whole podcast on this one case and move on to the next story. Now, I also recall 
I look up like not just like weird paranormal and supernatural cases, but I look up dreams of people that share dreams, especially like lucid dreams. But every once in a while, they'll branch off into something else. And one dream that I saw one time was this lady that had a dream of a big storm. And she said there was a lot of lightning, but there was more lightning than like a normal big storm. And in her dream, she said that the lightning, and keep in mind, this is a dream. So I don't know what this means or whatever. I'm not some expert in dream analysis, but she said that the lightning was so intense, the storm was so powerful, and the lightning was so beyond normal that the sky would glitch out like a computer having an error, like when it has like too much stuff and like video rendering. And the lightning, when the lightning would strike, the sky would glitch out and like big pieces of it would glitch out like a computer glitching. I wonder if that's uh, her dream has some kind of foresight into, you know, what if lightning actually can change time and stuff. I mean, isn't that what they say in the Bible, like how Lucifer fell? He fell as a bolt of lightning. Maybe lightning has this characteristic of transferring somebody or something into another realm. Or it's, I mean, look at the three things we have here. We have Peter Williamson disappearing and going to another realm with a lightning bolt. The movie Back to the Future, we had to, you know, time travel was only possible with the lightning bolt or the energy from a lightning bolt. The other thing was the show Mr. Robot. Whenever they showed this nuclear power plant, they showed underneath it, it was the nuclear power plant wasn't powering a city as much as it was being the basis of the energy for a particle accelerator. And the particle accelerator in the movie, I don't want to give away the movie, but, you know, click ahead if you're like in the early stages of Mr. Robot. But what happened in the show Mr. Robot was the nuclear power plant was really the energy for particle accelerators and they were doing things to reverse time. They actually used it so if somebody died, they would turn on the par- particle accelerator and then they would just come back to a different like realm. So there's that. And then this dream of somebody saying like the lightning was so powerful that it glitched the sky out. So that's that. If you want to look into Peter Williamson more, go to the Beyond Creepy channel. And I think the video is called A Realm Like Ours. I looked for this story and I couldn't find it. So I'm going to just tell it by memory and forgive me if I don't have every every single fact and every single detail. It starts with this guy saying he was working on things in his garage. And I believe if I remember right, he was working on like batteries, making his own batteries or making his own sort of power. Like he was building these things himself and and he described it something that was explosive if he connected something the wrong way. In his story, he connected something that he knew was going to explode. And he describes this like split second moment where he connected it. And then he thinks like, oh, shoot, this is going to blow up in my face. And you know that little feeling when something like that happens where time slows down? This guy describes this in his garage. And he knew that this was going to be a big explosion and there was nothing he could do about it. And I'm going to just use my memory here. It's like he closed his eyes And he opened them and he was on the other side of his garage facing the opposite direction. And he said he waited and it was like longer than he expected for the explosion to happen, but it did happen. Then he says he was wondering, since it was so loud, he was waiting for his wife to come running in from the house because he knew that she heard it. Like he knew where she was or what she was doing when that happened. And he said it should have, she should have just opened the door right then and there. He said, but he estimated it was a good 60 seconds, and he couldn't figure that out. 
his wife like opens the door after a minute and he says don't worry i'm okay i, I wasn't close by the explosion the story goes on where later he's he mentions that he looked something up on the internet that the united states military has the ability to detect time distortions or time anomalies or whatever you want to call these things but he he said he does live somewhat close to a military base and he knew some of the guys that you know like some of the soldiers or some people that work there and they actually lived close by him. He said he wasn't close, like he wasn't like friends with them per se, but he kind of knew they were in the neighborhood. After this happened, he moseyed on out to his truck one day or his car one day or whatever. And one of the military guys was there. He said the conversation somewhere went along the lines of, hey, so, you know, we know you work on stuff. You know, you're always tinkering in your garage or something like that. And you rumor is you got a time machine in there. Are you going to show us your time machine you're working on? And he's like, what? So I think this happened a couple times. Like a, it wasn't just one guy. Like a couple guys like started asking him about it. Like, they're, like there's a rumor going around that you you know, built a time machine or something like that. But he thought that it was weird that right when that happened, these guys started asking him and actually using the words time machine. He's like, no, I never built a time machine. Like, I'd... he he didn't elaborate, and the story didn't go on much after that. Um, there's a couple stories like this, and I tried to find these again after I after I heard about them or read about them. The other one is, like, sometimes these people just kind of, like, pass out or something and they kind of go somewhere else um one was a guy you know had some friends over and he reached into the cooler to grab a beer or something and he said he never kind of stood back up or or when he did stand up he like passed out and he said uh, this was like modern day times like somewhere between you know the past five years or something like 2018 to 2020 or whatever and he said he was in a totally different country. He knew he was in like England or the UK at a train station in the 1800s. He's like, I just knew that when I was there. Not only that, but there was somebody there that knew I time traveled. So he, he was like these, and I hear this before, like there was another one where this girl goes to a dance club. I guess she went, she went to walk across the dance floor and a guy tried to stop her and she like, wouldn't let him stop her she, she walks across the dance floor and as she steps into the dance floor she gets like kind of transported into another version of the dance club that's like futuristic looking but it was kind of disturbing in a couple different ways she described this like the music being so loud all of a sudden that she could hardly stand it and the music got really ugly and like mechanical sounding or something like that and then um the people were like half naked or some of them were totally naked and they were like really aggressive towards her when like they, they soon realized she was there and they started like being like really aggressive like sexually almost to her and um she i think she described some of them as being able to float up into the air and stuff like that and then she just like came came right back to the normal dance where she started off as like present day dance club and her friends were like looking for her so there's always like this element of people knowing when you're gonna like all of a sudden glitch into another thing or not always but a lot of times there's someone there even if you do it just with like your consciousness like these people that pass out and end up somewhere else or these people have lucid dreams and they go to a different timeline and there's always almost always there's someone there that knows that it happened um they're not happy that it happened so the guy that ended up in the train station ended up just waking back up in his 
you know, either his house or his friend's house. And they were like, you passed out. And he was like, no, I didn't really pass out. I kind of went somewhere. So I guess you don't always need these like psychedelics. It just kind of happens naturally. Um, I mean, how many weird stories is there that people just falling asleep and then they wake up like living in, you know, they're in a totally different timeline, a different thing. Like, so it's not always the, the, the mystery of consciousness and the mystery of our realm is so weird. Anyway, the name of this post is I was in bullet time and this is a Reddit post. I was lying in bed with a large table lamp nearby with a single incandescent bulb that I could see from my position. I was talking to my mother, I was in my late teens, who was standing near the door to the room. As she was talking, I heard this thin crystalline buzzing sound coming from my left. I turn my head and the sound comes from the light bulb. Then it explodes and I see it clearly as a super slow motion. First the pieces still in the shape on the dome of the bulb but with the slits opening up then opening up more like a flower blooming at the top at this point i realized that the glass is going to hit my face so i grab the sheets and put them over my head and lie down only then do i hear the pop sound of the light bulb exploding and feel pieces of glass falling on the sheets I take my head out and my mother looks at me amazed. How did you know it was going to explode? She saw me covering before the explosion. I have no idea how or why it happened, but I was convinced that we could we could hack the way we move within time. We just don't know exactly how, right? Now this is a story of a hovering. This guy that wrote to me is convinced that it was not a passenger jet, but it was somehow disguised to look like one. This is uh, the email, quote, leaving work one night, stone cold sober. I had a job that was physically impossible to do with the slightest of alcohol or drug impairment. It takes precision. I kind of don't want to give my identity or make it easy to figure out who I am. So just think of something along the lines of almost like precision brain surgery or a pro athlete or somebody that needs the concentration of advanced mathematics. And you get the idea of someone that needs to be totally sober at work. So it's about 10 p.m. and I just left the parking lot and I'm driving to a four-way stop. I'm about to pull my car into a huge grocery store, one of those big 24-hour ones. And it's about 150 to 200 yards away on the right side of the road. And directly above the grocery store, I see something like a low, a super low altitude passenger jet with all the lights on and a blinking light. Later, I looked up what a blinking light means. This is me talking now. And it actually is supposed to mean that the aircraft is carrying passengers. I didn't know that, but I kind of looked that up. Quote, I'm quoting the email again. What, What got my attention besides it being only 50 feet above the store, is that it had a huge bank angle. I'm not a pilot, but what I was looking at seemed impossible. Besides the super, super low altitude, it was banking at like 45 degrees. And after a few seconds, I noticed a third thing that was totally impossible. This so-called passenger jet was supposedly flying at a walking pace. I don't mean figuratively. I mean, the time that it took this thing to make it from over the building to the parking lot was about 15 to 20 seconds. So since I wasn't driving fast, I pulled my car over right away when I saw that, and I started fumbling for my phone in the dark. Now this fake plane was getting closer to to me. I was basically parallel with it, and and with my car pulled over at the four-way stop just outside the parking lot. I was actually getting nervous, and I rolled, while I, while I rolled the passenger window down, 
and I pointed my cell phone out the passenger window and then my app comes up and it's one of those weird annoying text boxes like it was the first time I turned my camera on or something and it was asking me one of those questions that you have to hit the X to close the box or hit something so I could start recording video and me doing this while I was putting my car in park and rolling down the window and being dark I promptly dropped my phone and fumbled around for it again so my phone ended up going under a seat or between one of the seats and it was dark so I kept staring at the airplane and I pretty much stopped and just focused on this airplane at this point and I noticed uh, and I kept mental note of a number of items one it was painted like a two-tone gray or an off-white darkish color without any company logo or numbers or letters but if somebody just glanced at it the two-tone color scheme seemed like a normal paint job another thing was all the passenger windows had that slide down window cover thing shut those things that passengers can use to go to sleep and get the or get the sun out of their eyes as they're flying in the airplane another thing there was no landing gear extended even though it was just basically hovering and the cockpit window was somehow impossible to see into. I was that close where I could see all that. And I was close enough to see pilots if they were there. And this thing had, the, had some type of glass that you could not see in for the, for the pilot cockpit glass. After I stopped the car and pointed my phone at it, the craft then rotated the cockpit to my direction ugh, and lowered the altitude further to just above the electrical poles or telephone lines that were around us. This made me very uncomfortable. And honestly, I said a quick prayer <laughs> not to be abducted. Yeah, no, shiz. I had the distinct impression that my vehicle was now being scanned. Though I don't know why I thought that. Since I didn't see anything and nothing exactly happened, I couldn't feel anything. I just somehow got that idea that... I was being scanned and my vehicle was being scanned. So now this thing was directly over my car at the four-way stop. There was no other traffic around, just what was going on in my car and right above me. So I stuck my head out of, the, of my driver's side window this time and got a good look at the underbelly of this craft. It appeared to be just a regular 747 or a 737 passenger jet, or, but it was just sitting there above my car. After it did whatever it was doing, it slowly went on its way, and this is where it gets even weirder. My personality type would be to dig my phone out and chase this thing. I could easily start snapping pictures or taking video right now, and I, I would seem to think of a reason not to. And I thought to myself, should I grab my phone right now and follow it? But I didn't move a muscle towards my phone. I looked at the lights go further and further away. He means the lights of this airplane. I could have easily caught up to it. I could have easily started filming it, but I didn't. I didn't move a muscle, and that's not me. And I, so I pulled my car into a nearby plaza and looked at the time to see if it generally matched a few minutes after I left work. I guess he was checking to see if he had missing time or if he got abducted. And he said, and the time did match, so I wasn't abducted. <laughs> But I wonder what happened to make me let this thing go like that without even trying to take a picture. So to him, he said that was a bit frightening, but he's glad that he got away the way he did. So I guess he's looked into other cases and he's like, I got off easy as long as I didn't get brought up on some ship and get laid down on one of those metal tables and operated on or something. So I thought that was interesting. I'd like to thank everybody for checking out the podcast. Please click the RSS feed and 
keep checking for uh, the new episodes coming up. I'd like to thank my first Patreon, Roxy. And the music is by Downbeat88. The opening track is called The Dark. Ending outro track is called Moment of Peace. Thanks so much and see you soon. Have a good day. Bye.